Hey, you've done it. Once again, you've slipped up and found us on your radio dial. Your internet radio dial. It's... The No Class Podcast. With your internet friends, Eddie. And Matt. So, how's it been, Matt? It's been fantastic. I know you are chomping at the bit to tell everyone about Long Con Spring. I am. You know, I love it. I'm excited. Can't wait for it. What were those dates again? The 24th, 25th, and 26th of April 2020 is the new location on your calendar for Long Con Spring. On your internet calendar. That's right, on your internet calendar. That's right. Dial it in on your hand, write it into your internet calendar. Get out your phone and, and write it on the, you know, your textury box. Uh, just one little bit of news. The Long Con Spring is already ahead of Red River RPG Con. Oh, yeah. Which we've broken that record. Yeah, not, not a terribly hard record to break, but it read, but yeah. But we do appreciate it. Thank you guys. Keep it coming. Yeah, thank you. I, that's the other day. You know, if you pay attention to us or these podcasts, we talk about our uh, our energy, our, our enthusiasm waxes and wanes. And it's generally the good thing about our partnership that probably is that we'll prop the other one up and then the other one will falter and the other one comes along and goes, come on, guy, you know, and whatever. So, like, uh, but no, I mean, I'm I'm excited. My, I'm at a good baseline. I'm not like over the the moon, but I'm not down in the the dumps either. I, I mean, like I said, we've already outsold Red River, so yeah. And yeah. this is about the cons that you guys want. Yeah. If you guys want a long con spring, vote with your feet. We'll do it. If you want a long con November, we'll do it. If you ever decide you don't want it, you're voting with your dollars. If it's not wanted, we won't do it. But so far, it's being well received. We yeah. appreciate you guys. Absolutely, and I mean for the if anybody doesn't know, uh, what differentiates April from November right now is we're going to have uh, still as always our focus is RPG games, um, but also we're going to have board games, and we've got some interesting ideas we're cooking up for, like this last year in November we had a um, a GM courtesy room, which was well received, and we want more people to be aware of that. Uh, we, we might have something in mind just for players as well for the next, for the next con. long con November. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you almost got me a really good transition there. Yeah. Cause I did want to talk. I did want to talk about a certain board game today, but oh. first one more thing on the long con, we're getting ready to do our little swag. And one of the things we want to put in there is some long con dice. People love dice, but we need about a 10 week lead mm-hmm. on the dice. So it's pretty much going to be, if you get your badge within January, you will get a die. For sure. If you do not, you're taking your chances because we're only going to order a certain number. We don't want to get stuck with just a metric ton of these dice. Not to say that we don't have faith that there'll be another spring, but... Well, you never know. And Mm -hmm. besides the next year, there might be bigger, better swag. Absolutely. No, definitely that's the case if people buy a lot of tickets at the end which happened before with the previous long con the long con red if you will uh we we can't buy swag if we get money at the end you know we don't have time to have it done so anyway but you were saying board games i know that you've yeah. got quite a selection of board games you've been running some at geek world demoing them and just kind of kicking the tires yeah i talked to our good friends at geek world last year and i said how can I help out my friendly local game store the most? Because Matt and I had been running a lot of RPG games up there. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like that and a lot of other people's efforts up there, like Shane, have got the RPG machine humming pretty well. Mm-hmm. So what wasn't humming yet was the board games. Mm-hmm. So they said, if you do some board game demos, that would really help us out. So out of these board game demos, one of the games that I find that is the best received and one that I would recommend to people the most is Castle Panic by Fireside Games. Hmm. Now, the cover looks cool, you know. Um, I'm definitely, if like, as far as, like, you know, um, when, you, when you go out to the bookstore and you pick up a book and there's that one cover that just grabs you, I really like the, the cover of this. This looks like, just already I'm like, ooh, that looks cool. Defend the castle, survive the panic, become the master slayer. Now... 
No one has paid us for these endorsements, but I will say I'll go ahead and shill some more for Geek but, World but you, and say, but Mark, really welcome. You know. Yeah, we will take payments. Mark Franzen was the one that turned me on to that. Ah. He was like, you know, it would be really great at your con. That would be well received by RPG players. Mm-hmm. Castle Panic, because you got the castle theme. And he's right. That is a great game. And I think that might be the the word that's really grabbing me right now. Well. Yeah, he's pointing to cooperative. This is a cooperative game. And I can tell you, in my household, I'm not playing a game with my wife that's not co-op. It's not worth my marriage. It's not worth you sleeping on the couch that night. So that makes it a good family game for us. Yeah, It's not one of these cutthroat type of games. So that's yeah. one thing that I like is that it is co-op when you want to get everybody out together and have a good time. And the other thing is you can play it with one to six players. You can play it by yourself if you wanted to, and it's still a fun game. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. So, what is the premise of the game? You have a castle. You and your friends have a castle. You've built it up, and now these nasty monsters are coming out of the woods to tear it down. So as long as you have any of your castle pieces remaining at the end, as these monsters are coming to take it down, if you have one castle piece standing at the end, you win. The team wins. So it's a simple concept. But you get into these different cards that you play, Mm-hmm. that are how you actually damage the monsters and affect things in the game. You trade them out with the deck, you trade them out with each other, and there is it's simple to learn, but there is another layer of complexity to it. Mm-hmm. Simple to learn, but there's more layers to it. It's something you can replay and replay. It has a lot of replay value. That's cool. It's very easy to take out of the box and play, because how many times have we done that, where you open it up mm-hmm. and you're like, crap, I should have watched the two-hour YouTube video, or I should have... Yeah read this really long 50-page game guidebook. Yeah. I know, like, you're a good friend, and for Christmas or birthday, you got me Ward, Lords of Waterdeep, which is highly acclaimed. Mm-hmm. But one day we're sitting here and said, hey, let's play. And we opened the box and looked down and went, nope, just put the lid right back on it. I mean, there's so many pieces. and Yeah, there was no know. way we were going to pick up and play that. This mm-hmm. is one that you can pick up and play today. Which is great. Those are and I, So you're, you're hitting a lot of the, the right beats because I like something you can play right out of the box. I like that um, you play it cooperatively for the people that, that really don't like mm-hmm. more competitive games. Um, I like that... Um, I like that something like Catan, where it's really easy to pick up the basic dynamic of the game, but there's layers of complexity to where you, you can easy to learn, but you, you don't necessarily just match. There's that mastery of it that gives it right. replayability. Yeah. No, it sounds like a great game. I'm, I'm intrigued. Now, hell, I want, now I want to play it. We were talking about Dragon's Lair, which we'll talk about some more in a minute, yeah. but we were going to go to Dragon's Lair the other day, and that's the game that I was going to take when I had uh, our good friends over here, TJ and Leela. Mm-hmm. That's the one that we played that they, I think out of several games that we played, that's the one that they like the most because it does have that. It's easy to learn mm-hmm. and it has more to master. There's, it's not so straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does come with a lot of expansions. So there's like my first castle panic. If you want to play it with the kids mm-hmm. or there's a lot of add-ons like the wizard's tower, if it's Ooh. not complex enough for you, or if you've already mastered the basic game, you think, mm, neat. which is that speaks well for them that they're able to sell these other products. Apparently, people like the game. And I don't know if I've told you before, uh, off air, but they have Dead Panic as well, hmm. which is a zombie version. Ooh la la. And in that one, it's still cooperative. You're uh, trying to protect your uh, fortification from the zombies coming in. You're all the survivors, mm-hmm. but you can get bit by a zombie and change sides. Oh, wow. So I'm really looking forward to trying that one soon. That sounds fun. <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, and, and I've been running this one up at Geek World a yeah. lot. It's been very well received mm-hmm. because, like I said, simple to learn, but a lot to uh, actually learn and yeah, be able to good. play. It keeps the fun going. I know you and I, I think, we rode together and met up there, whatever, one day, and you were running a game, and good Lord, you had a good 20 players, it almost seemed like, 15, 20 players of one of these games. So it's good to see that there are people that want to play these games. Yeah. I'm, I'm tickled. I love games. I love gaming. And I'm tickled to see people that are embracing gaming. That always, I love that. Since this is the first review, we don't really have a review scale yet. Mm-hmm. So I was actually looking into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think for this, we'll see how it goes. Go with a one to five scale. Okay. With a five being drop what you're doing and get it immediately. Mm-hmm. A five is, yeah, you need to have it. A three is like, yeah, you should play it. If you like it, pick it up. I'd give this one at least a 4 or 4.5. It's wow. really that good. Okay. 
So I can't say enough good things about that. Uh, Fireside Games, and it's at Geek World right now if you want it. Cool. Yeah. So throw your friendly local game shop some business, which that'll come up again down the line too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Big transition time. I think we were talking about this earlier uh, regarding the long con uh, red prime November. Mm -hmm. OG. Yeah. And speaking of OG RV for Robert Vegeta. Yeah. I was really impressed that one of his players, Stephanie mm-hmm. got onto the Facebook and was really raving about his Pugmire game. Sure. Why? Because that was somebody a year ago mm-hmm. that was fifth edition Adventures League only. Yeah. So that Robert can open somebody's eyes like that. Kudos to you, good yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. I was that that post warm my cockles because I was definitely like wow because I know that she was adamant like that's the only you know I just want vanilla ice cream 24-7 that's mm-hmm. it and for her to see to get her eyes open that yeah if you go try other game systems and other game masters and and it's like oh look role playing intrigue subplot stories as a mature gamer you know beating monsters and taking their stuff and advancing your character is all good and fine but that's just like eating fast food. But when you get a rich mm-hmm. role-playing experience on top of that, man, that's solid gold, baby. Yeah. And Robert is an amazing game master, so and very versatile. Yeah, we have had a ton of compliments on his games. Oh so. sure, and I'm and what's bought is it's like I think he's he's like a renaissance man. Oh and yeah. Every con, it's five new games. It's like, come on, guy, you did great with those other five last time, but he's like, nope. These are new challenges, new experiences. I am a great game master. I can work in whatever whatever medium, you know. Uh, right. Yeah, you know, clay, but you know, pastels. I think that, that's true. You know. If, if you're a good game master, storyteller, whatever the generic term you want to use is, if you're good at it, getting that story across, you can use any system. Exactly. And, and that's where the people, they're like, oh, God, I couldn't trust some other system. I've said this a hundred times. I'll say it one more time in that. The, the, as a player, it's very simplistic. Even some systems are better than others. Whatever, we don't get into all that. But ultimately, the real the work is on the game master. He has to know the system and a lot of the specifics. You as a player, just if I tell you, okay, you're you're this class, you're this race, you have these couple abilities. It comes your turn. I explain the situation. You tell me what you want to do, and I tell you, all right, pick up that dice and roll it, and we'll see if that happened. It's that easy for a player in most any of these games. So definitely try new things. Step outside your comfort zone. You know, you might find you like, right? You know, something new or different. Try it. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. So bravo to Stephanie for trying something different and, well, and being open-minded yep, yep, yep. enough in, to, to admit, you know, bit, you know that she enjoyed. Yeah. It. Yeah. Because you could be one of those people that's just like, I liked it, but I won't admit that I liked yeah, it. Exactly. And I, that's those people that. I just, but yeah, that that's a success story. That's the kind of that's why we do the cons yeah, in my that's mind. That's the kind of thing, yeah. That that's I the stories we want to hear. Right on. I want to hear that you had a great weekend, even if we had nothing to do with it. Sure. Well, we facilitated. Well, you know what I mean. We're enablers. Like if we never, you know, you didn't run any games for me, and you didn't bring me some sodas, but no. you facilitated the place, and I had a great time. That's what I want to hear. Or I learned a great new game. I found a great new game master. I found some great new players. Yeah. That's Warms great. your cockles. Absolutely. And you hope that people go home and go, you know what? I might get that game. I might run it. I might try to find someone here locally who's running it. You know, whatever. Oh, that kind of leads us back to, uh, now that we've bragged on uh, Robert, mm-hmm. let's brag on ourselves and our games that we're playing. I know people love our updates. Really? We're playing it. Well, they <laughs> suck it. They, they haven't got <laughs> online and said they hate it. So yeah. please give us some feedback. Yeah. We can do this in a vacuum. It's fine. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I love the sign of my own voice. But um, we're well, nothing if not humble. Exactly. So, right now at my house, on our, you know, uh, every other week we play, right now we're playing Fallout. And what's the address? No. <laughs> anyway, we're playing Fallout, and Cesar de la Rosa is running our games. Cesar, great guy, great game master, great player, just great all around guy. That's also the Midnight Sheriff. If you hear yeah. us talking about that you at the long time. Our midnight sheriff, someone that we trust enough with our baby to guard it at night when we're sleeping, old men, you know. Yeah. That's 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 our guy. Caesar's the one we, we trust to, 
to babysit. But anyway, so Caesar's running Fallout for us, but he's using Savage Worlds. And this is something that I think he pretty much cobbled together himself. So I'm mm-hmm. really that much more impressed that because at some point someone's looking through a book savage world's looking for the stats on a given item he's like oh i'll have to give you the stats because i i made them up mm-hmm. for a, a ripper or whatever but so it's really fun for us guys who've played fallout we've really enjoyed it because we've got that level of uh familiarity or something and love for fallout the games well i think this is one of the Times when our characters are really coming alive for a change, too. Yeah. Because I have often said, we're not really role-playing. We're, we're just tactical roll-die playing. Yeah. So, I, I've enjoyed that this table's had a lot of role-playing. Oh, yeah. But for people that Sarge like... Sarge is a great character. Well, thank you. I, and Joe is... Joe Trace is... <laughs> He's a madman. I, I, no, I like the way you play. I can, I can tell when you're into your character, and you're having fun, and you are. And it's good to see that. You know, we don't get to play the same table a lot of times. Yeah, that... I. That definitely adds a layer right there. There's a certain novelty, and so it's fun. And it's just one of those things off the cuff. I just came up with this character, and with a little bit of you know, massaging, I think I'm he's where I think I want him so far, and I'm, I'm glad to see some role-playing come out of it. Well, these were supposed to be one- or two-shot like throwaway characters. Yeah. But now we're, but even, yeah, we're we, into them. They just started naturally developing so much, yeah. and that's with uh, our good friends James and Ron and Bradley, Bradley. and... Who am I missing? Cody. Cody, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like Caesar's running. Me and you. Ron, James, Bradley. Gary was part of this campaign originally, Gary Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. I wish he would come out and play because we're having a ton of fun. I miss that guy. Or he could come out to the other game. Yeah, absolutely. But let me not stray off of this just yet. Yeah. Not paid promotion again, but... Savage World is something that we have been looking at for a while and going, you know, we really should try this out. It had a huge popularity in Tyler for a while. Absolutely. I know Brack is a big advocate, and he loves their riffs. Um, He ought to come out because I think Roberson's going to be at... Oh, yeah, Long Con Spring. Long Con Spring, and he could meet the guy who wrote the Savage World riffs. Supposedly there's going to be a Torg versus Savage Riffs. Uh, what am I trying to say? A charity game. Like a competitive charity game. Which will be our buddy John Watson mm-hmm. and John Roberson. Yeah. And they'll be running those. And so and they'll both be in the Savage World system. Oh, neat. But yeah, we're kind of just discovering the Savage Worlds now. And the one thing I'll say is probably not Savage Rifts, but just Savage World, the base game. Mm-hmm. Really, really simple. Much easier than I expected. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's, once again, kind of like what we're with this game over here originally is Savage Worlds is not hard to learn. It's that sweet spot where there's a little bit of crunch, but it's not too crunchy. And it's really flexible. It's not too simplistic, and it's highly flexible. And I like how someone said, don't disparage it by calling it a generic game. It's a universal game. Right. You know? But I could see if, if if I had to have just one game system to run – fantasy, sci-fi, post-apoc, zombie apocalypse. I could see where even more than these other so-called universal games, I could easily cobble together some tack-on rules and take off running with Savage World. It really is a great game system. I mean, and it's like Eddie said, we bought the books about a year ago. Not me, but well, we, I did. Yeah, yeah. Because, Actually, no, you're right. I no, did. We did. We because the there's a new one. version. Yeah, yeah. We bought the SOP. The, we bought the. I think the. Was it Adventurers and now it's Ultimate, or was it Ultimate it, and now it's it, Adventurer? It was now it's Adventurer Edition, but the previous edition was. Should I start you lying? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so we both bought that softbound because we were kind of interested. Didn't touch it. Didn't touch it. It just I kept I pick it up and I put it now. I pick it up, put it up. So I knew I was interested. And this is what's crazy. I bought a bunch of bonus softbound books that were complimentary rules for it. And still yet we hadn't played it. But maybe somewhere in the back of my mind, like I knew it was a kismet or something. I don't know. Like I knew we were gonna play it at some point. Because I went hmm. a lot off of the internet well. and from our good friends at Geek World, I bought some of the bonus content like like plugins, you might call it. Like, here's the base rules. Here's the plugin for science fiction. Here's the post-apocalypse plugin or whatever. I think uh, people of our status in the gaming industry <laughs> have... Yeah, I almost kept a straight face on that. We have to play these things. We have to at least uh, sample them a little. Well, I love... And that's one of the things I'll tell people where... I, and I guess it's like, I got to stop because I'm bad. Stop. Oh, yeah, you definitely do. Yeah. I think if this is going, yeah, yeah. you definitely need so, to. So, I always, it's funny. I, and yeah, don't, first of all, I don't want to be a hypocrite. 
and I hate when people try to project their thought process onto other people. Other people are other people, and people aren't, they're not always going to do or like what you like. But having said that, that's why I always feel bad for people that like won't go to a con or don't want to try to play a different game. But people are people. Anyway, but me personally, I love going to con because here's this smorgasbord. It's the buffet. A buffet of where I can play all these different games with all these new game masters and all these new players. And I love meeting new players and meeting new game masters and learning cool techniques. And I will steal something. I steal with both hands. Like, oh, that's a brilliant technique that player did or that GM did. I'm, that works. That's brilliant. I'm taking it. Put Add it to my repertoire. And on the other hand, playing new games, I find something that, man, I really like this game. Or that game's a stinker. Or maybe it was just that GM, you know. Right. But I will say this. The great thing is that it kind of, even when I've played, some of the worst games I've ever played have made some of the best stories that you'll tell over mm-hmm. and over again. So I've even so that's where you find that silver lining. You turn that loss into a win. Our very first uh, NTRPG, we played in some amazing games and some poo-poo games. But we have great stories about the poo-poo games that just make us – Slap our leg and laugh all over again. But anyway, enough about that. Man, Savage time. Worlds. Yeah, Savage Worlds. It's going great. Enjoying it. Yeah. Keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. Caesar's doing a great job. Phenomenal job. And everybody as players are really getting into the role of their characters, which I think you know, good GM and good playing, when you get that... Synergy. Yeah, man. That's when it's that's when it's good. And part of that, too, is like you said, everybody's excited. Yeah. You can see Caesar is excited to run the fallout. And that's infectious. And you can see that we're excited to play it. And so. he's feeding off that. Exactly. Yeah. We've talked about that before as a game master. When your players are really enjoying what you're putting he's out there. He's got the burning fire and we've got the fuel sort right of thing. On. Yeah, that's a great analogy, bro. You're a freaking poet. You know what? Thank you. And you didn't even know it. I prefer the warrior poet title. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. So, yeah. do you want to talk about the other game? Well, not really, but we will. So, uh, our buddy, Cody, mm-hmm. uh, Longview Computer Center, mm-hmm. check it out for all your computer needs, and yes, we are being paid for that one. Absolutely. Paid in gumdrops. That's right. Teardrops. <laughs> <laughs> paid in local recommendations That's right. for small businesses all but, around us. Um, he's running Dungeon in a Box. So, good job, Cody. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you for stepping up and running. Thank you. Proud of you. Doing a great job. But... Dungeon in a box. Mm-hmm. I don't know on that yet. I'm still, I'm trying to look at it in the business sense, mm-hmm. kind of objectively. Mm-hmm. If you were doing a dungeon in a box, you know, kind of what would you do? What would you expect? Those sort of things. Sure. Um, I know that, um, like I said, C- Cody is doing a great job with the material. The first adventure. Computer Center? Yeah. That guy, you know, from Longview Computer And also, they sell ink. Did you know they sell ink? Yeah, and he's our official technology guy, if you want to say that. Absolutely. He does our website stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, He gives me a foot massage when I'm printing out stuff here. Absolutely, because you used his ooh-la-la ink. I sure do. Cartridge World. Cartridge World. Not Cartridge Land or World. We're getting $10 every time we mention this, folks. I hope so. That'd be awesome. Ching, ching, ching. Yeah, but it's all in a a, a Longview Computer Center box. (laughs) Store credit. Yeah, printed on, you know, but on high-quality paper and ink. Um, but no, uh, uh, the first adventure was a little railroady, and I know, knowing you as well as I do, you really do not, no one probably loves that, but you particularly have a disfavor for railroady games. And just typical old-school guys that want to role-play, a lot of times characters will go off on a tangent, like, ah, screw this caravan. We want to wander off in the woods go looking for the goblins or the bandits. With an inexperienced novice GM, we knew if we did that to Cody, I'd be, who knew, we might be pleasantly surprised and see him rise to the occasion, but you might see him go into complete shutdown panic mode because he's he's used to using the scripted, canned content of this adventure. Which I don't know if Dungeon in a Box has provided anything for that either. Probably not. Which, I, I don't know, who is the customer base for Dungeon in a Box? Probably, maybe. Think about new it. players, new players, and new game, new game masters, okay. novice game masters. So if they're novices, mm-hmm. I think there should be some handholding. Oh yeah. If I was doing my dungeon in a box, that's one of the things that I think I would do. Yeah. So they might have had like scripted out, like in a uh, what do you call the at the edge of the page there the yeah, yeah margins margins like thing like if the player should take off on a tangent da 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 here's some things to steer them back. And, and or here's some little random encounters that were so awesome that they're going to be like, maybe we're not meant to go or like have right. the old wise man say, 
Uh, you get off the path here, there's trolls and dragons and death lords, or you know, you're like, oh, okay, never mind. But just give the players an impetus to want to stay with the caravan or not to wander too far. If you, I don't know. But I mean, basically, we stayed with the caravan. We had a job to do. Um, and don't get me wrong, I had fun. Cody yeah, did, we're having a lot of laughs. Cody did a great job, and we're having a lot of fun. And but I think hopefully, if he if he runs this long enough, maybe he'll blossom into the game master that can handle when the players go off on a tangent or something, or else they'll give things in the adventure for that. But that comes down to, as a kid, one of the great things about writing your own adventure was. And when you wrote it yourself, you probably are in the back of your mind had some ideas. And then mm-hmm. also if the players wander off and, it, and I guess it's just, it's kind of like, is it one of these, do you think it's a case of like, you're either a good improv on gym or you're not, or is it like, well, no, you can, you might be lucky to be born that way, but you can learn to be a good improvisational GM. I think you can learn to be at least good enough at Adequate. it or that you can fake it. Like I know if I have to come up with a name on the fly, you're screwed. Yeah, it's gonna suck. But that's, that's why I keep about. a list of names. Keep a list, so you know what your shortcomings are. And exactly. You've got a crutch there. And that's all you got to do is even if you can't improv, mm-hmm. have your little sheet of fake improv or whatever you want to say. Like mm-hmm. if X happens, I'm gonna do Y. Yeah, I've got some little quickie bullet chart things that I can roll on if I ever had to. If I if I'm drawing a blank, that use it, I could fill in like, all right, guys, give me five minutes. Go take a break. Get a smoke. Or whatever. Use the bathroom. Roll those charts real quick. And just those bullet points, I've got that ability, luckily, that maybe I need that nudge. But once I got the nudge, I can blow under that ember and burst up into a good fire and go, all right, I've got a, a full-formed subplot now, you know, based off that little nugget. All right, and let's go, you know. Um, because I'm not, I don't know if it's my mind, I'm not a spry or whatever, but as a kid, I'd like to think I was a really good improvisational GM, but anymore, I'm probably adequate, but Mm. I'm going off on a tangent. Brendan LaSalle. That's why the people come here to hear the tangents. Yeah. He did a game for us. Which I'm going to steal the crap out of. Oh yeah. I loved it. It was brilliant. And what's cool is it's like, he sits down with the players and I think he has uh, just some very loose ideas. Which I think he's got a lot more frame and you think he has a lot less of a frame. Yeah. But that's but, just but gee whiz. But but the thing about it is he's still got to be a pretty darn good improvisational GM because we have to feed him content. Yeah. And, and he strings these ideas together into a cogent plot and in, in, in the moment. I mean, he never stepped away from the table and he's rolling with it. You know. So I want to try and do that. I want to run a game like that I, th- I thought soon. that was cool. And yeah, I'm going to steal yeah. that idea. It might be a different set of railroad tracks. Format. But you're building the train. Yeah. So... And and I, th- I thought you know, just that really impressed me and it was really different and I liked it. It was something new. It kind of shocked me out of my, you know, what comfort zone or whatever you want to call it. But I was like, wow, that was really neat. I really mm-hmm. got a kick. We had, everyone at that table had a blast. I think the one guy was a novice player and he was just eating it up and have knowing that this is something different guy. Us old grognars were like, wow, this is, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of goes back to when I was a kid running d and I won't lie. For the most part, I didn't have anything on paper. It you just all, made it up? I just made shit up as I went along. That's probably wow. why I was better at You're going to get arrested by the D&D police. Yeah, I'd hope so. But, I mean, a lot of You're a lot not of supposed the times, to make up stuff in role-playing no. games. Because Alvin and Gear would kind of whinge that I didn't have more stuff written down on paper. But I like just freestyling. The whole game session might be just freestyle, 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 freestyle. Well, trying to write a module, for example. Uh-huh. Man, that's freaking difficult. But yeah. just coming up with stuff freeform is pretty easy for me. It's when you actually have to try and put but pen to the paper. Figure, yeah. But what about you? We're talking about us. This is all about us, well, baby. Well, this comes back to, like I said, if I have a charts with little bullet point nuggets, well, the same principle, and I thought we've talked about this, but we'll cover the same ground again. Why not? The first time I write an adventure, it's literally just going to be quick bullet points. It's almost like speech writing. When I had speech class, people were like, I hate speech. I loved it because I'd write some bullet points on an index card, and I'm that person that's standing at the podium. I glance down at the bullet point to remind me what my next topic is, but then I expound upon it and it turns into this whole paragraph from that one little bullet sense well my role playing when i have that first idea for an adventure it'll be a bunch of bullet points and i'll run it a few times and running it i'll make notes afterwards quickly while it's still fresh in my mind and i'll flesh out that adventure from all the and i get i get feedback from the players at the table like oh that's a cool idea or you hear a player go man what if there's a an owlbear around the corner well shit there is now you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and then this sort of stuff you know fleshes out the adventure Anyway, and that's so that's my process. Ta-da, you know. Right. So, yeah. we've been having a really good time with 5th edition there. Absolutely. Dungeon in the Box. Yeah. I would like to do a review of that sometime in the future. Yeah. See how this goes and maybe when we've got 
some more behind us. I can go, hey, Cody, can we borrow that book? Or can I look at the box too and see what you're actually getting? How much did it cost? Yeah. Is Are you getting a value for your money? I'm curious if if what we just played was all that was in that box. Cause it's, I think so. Because there was an adventure, and it was actually like Random Encounters. He got a pretty de- a good-looking miniature with it of one of the NPCs. And the, actually, I like the map that comes with it. I like that map. It's not for me to not like something. Because I'm Mr. I like everything. Mr. Positive. So, if you get a 4.5 review from me, man, you did excellent. Yeah, you better pat yourself on the... But don't break your hand. But, but I'm not your, sure about Dungeon in a Box yet. Value for the... And like I said, we don't. Ha- I don't have enough information at this time where I can go. It's great or it's horrible. Yeah. But it, that's something that I really want to look into, because, okay, for thirty bucks. So is that how much it is? I think so. Thirty bucks a month. So I was thinking. If I had twenty, you, I was thinking. See, in my head, I thought, well, that's about twenty dollars worth of material. Well, I wouldn't pay thirty. We'll look it up, folks, and maybe we'll put a little comment on this. But I was reading their information. It's kind of like you'll get two Reaper minis. Reapers are high quality, high quality but they're not the most expensive thing to get a hold of. No, especially now. This is their metal ones. Those are more expensive than their bones, but still, that's the hallmark. Reapers always had good-looking miniatures at very reasonable prices. And I think those may or may not be related to the adventure. I know the little little gnome that there that was. But I think you get another one that's just random, Uh, or somewhat random. Well, I mean, it'd be nice if it was one of those bandit guys we fought or something. Yeah, it would be nice. So. Okay, on that. And then you get the adventure, which I don't think was all that big. No. And you do like get a beautiful a, map. One of those, what do you call this size, the smaller size that I don't like? Pamphlet? Not I want to say it's like A10 like, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for but a while there, they were trying that out. At, digest um, size. Digest what it would be size. for DCC don't and MCC. I like digest size. But I don't like digest size <clears throat> nope. companies. Okay, I think most people don't. I noticed that DCCs went back to the full 8 by 11 size. Oh, which, yeah. hey, stumbled across another plug here. For all you people with your older eyes that want to play your first edition, mm-hmm. check out the Osric book. If mm-hmm. nothing else, it's a little bigger better and it's a little set. better typeset. Yeah. yeah so, font, if you will. Font, I guess. But Easier yeah. for older eyes. Yeah. And for a reference, it's they did a great job organizing it. But, yeah, yeah. We played small school recently and yeah, Osric was good for that. So Try and wrap up this fifth edition one. We had a great time playing that with our friends Bradley. Again, he does the theme music for this thing. His wife, Carrie, she was back in town, so played some first edition with her and then got her in at the club there, too, to play with us. Uh, Me and you and Sean. Yeah. And run by Cody, Longview Computer Center. Yeah. Of course. Well, what's the other company again? Cartridge World? I think that's it. Yeah, Cartridge World. Fine inks at a fine price. The finest. Ooh la la. Ashante. All right. What's next, Mr. Eddie? Um... Oh, I think we're going to talk about the topic of the show now. There you go. We're only 30 minutes in. Whoa. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, our friendly local game shop in Shreveport is closing. Yeah. Dragon's Lair has been a... Fixture? Yeah, more than a fixture. I mean, but just, it's, yeah. I mean... The hot spot? The go-to place? Game places have come and went. They've popped up and just... Like like uh, mushrooms after a, a rainstorm. At one point, like three other ones popped up, and we were worried about Dragon's Lair, but nope, Dragon's Lair weathered it. Those three went away in short order, but I guess it finally happened. Enough other game stores popped up, and were able to steal enough of uh, Dragon's Lair's customer base or whatever that the sad day has come. Dragon's Lair is not the Dragon's Lair it was before. So, let's go in our Wayback Machine and remember Dragon's Lair. So, how long has Dragon's Lair been around? All right. So, I was there when the old Tom's Triple Triple Play Play closed. I helped pack up their stuff and move it, you know. Move Um, it, move it. And so, after that, there was a really big guy. I can't think of his name. And a heavyset fellow that used to be like a Cattle Parish police officer. Wife said doctor or something anyway he decided to open a game store there in Bozier, and it was dragon's lair all right mm-hmm. so he had oh let yeah. me add this one in for sure. those of you that don't know yeah. dragon's lair is an independent store it's not affiliated with the one in i think there's one in 
Austin and maybe right. Houston. Yeah, could and it's probably one of the most common names for probably a for game shop, game and it's shop. a chain. But this is an independent store. Yeah. Please continue. So anyway, I can't remember that guy's name. It's killing me. But anyway, um, he and I actually had it on the internet one time. I don't know. So, um, so it's been a friend of mine since even before then. He uh, we played together in the Living Greyhawk campaign back in like. 2004, 5, 6, 7. And so is the current owner of Dragon's Yeah, Land. so it was the current owner. So, yeah. So then I guess time marched on. That guy sold it. And then I think this this couple, he's, an, I think, officer in the military. Mm-hmm. They bought the place. And they had it for the longest time. Well, so started working for them there. And so was there all the time. A great employee. and Just a super nice guy. So make a rough guess of when that is. 2008? 2010, uh, probably 2000, 2005. 2000s. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. 2000? No, this would have been, um, when that couple took the place over, would have been around, jeez, man, this is killing me. 2006. That sounds good. Yeah, 2006, maybe okay. seven or something, I guess. Don't hold don't us know. to it, folks. No, not, or it might have been 2008. I don't know. So yeah. anyway, we're going off. But um, So this couple had it, but so was there a lot. Well, eventually they gave so the option to buy it from them because he was being, uh, you were in the military, what do you call it? Go back home, you know, whatever. Oh, were they getting out or are they just getting restationed? Getting I thought out, they restationed PTSD. something, oh, yeah. Okay. So needless to say, they gave so the option to purchase it, which he, he did. Um, and it was still there in Bozier for a while. It was around that time was when... Real close to my house yeah, in Bozier. Yeah, like five minutes from Eddie's house. So um, what's kind of ironic was I was in between gaming groups or something. and But I'd been doing a lot of dating and hair pulling and craziness or whatever. So I really wasn't worried at that time. But I got I was at work at a job that was a real throwaway job. It was hilarious. It's just the story of our first date. It is. So anyway, I got on a computer. How and, Harry met Sally. And it's just a weird. It's like those things when you ask yourself in retrospect, like what prompted me to do that? Because I swear it was just this like lightning, couple neurons bounced together. And I said, God put you on the path. But you have to wonder. Because I, I said, you know what? I just sat down at a computer on a lark and just on a goof Googled like role playing groups in Shreveport, Bossier. Go click enter, and it popped up. What's the North Louisiana Role Playing Alliance on this thing? I never heard of called Meetup, uh-huh. and so I thought, huh? So I put my name in, I made an account or whatever, and said I'm interested. And apparently, how long had that had? How long was this after you put that thing up? About ten minutes. In that, just you're pulling my leg, though, right? It wasn't ten minutes, but I mean, a couple of days, days. at best. So isn't that ironic? Anyway, and so that's how we met up, and we're gaming over at Dragon's Lair. Bozier and my good buddy so you know was working there I don't think he'd bought it quite yet no. but anyway but um and that's how we met and it's funny was there was this cadre of gamers that kind of came and went and you know some of them were great folks and great gamers and some god bless them but anyway that's that's how we met yeah yeah, yeah. but it's via meetup in dragon's lair and we play a lot of games there and we eventually I ran a year and a half long Campaign in fourth edition D and D, the Scales of War, which is the railroadiest of you mm-hmm. know adventures. Fourth edition, fourth edition, you know, which they're the most maligned by version of D and D. But it just goes to show you, say what you will, that campaign lasted a year and a half. Mm-hmm. We had fun and we we had some good gaming. So tell me about the first time you met. So uh, it was actually I want sorry to say LG, but no, I met so way back. In the Magic the Gathering days. Really? Yeah. I had uh, was living in Bossier and went up to Tom's Triple Play. And Tom Moore owned Tom's Triple Play. God rest his soul. And uh, I had told him, I said, man, Magic's the thing. And he goes, ah, it's some fly-by-night game. It's junk. It'll be gone tomorrow. I said, dude, it's your other location over in Treeport. Dude, every Saturday, it'll be wall-to-wall, elbow-to-elbow kids buying Magic packs by the handful. The kid over there was running it, making money hand over fist. So Tom goes, well, maybe I'll try it out. Well, next thing you know, he's doing D&D. I mean, he's doing magic tournaments. And 
I remember me and so playing across from each other, you know, playing, you know, and we, it was, it was, uh, pleasantly competitive. And so was just, he was witty. He was, it was clever. He was a good player, shrewd player and, uh, very nice, very amicable. And, um, I remember always just, I didn't know him then, but I remember thinking, I like this guy. Mm -hmm. And, but we never really kicked his friends then, but that's our first interaction was playing magic. And he was just, uh, uh, anyway, great guy. And so when LG came along, I was like, oh, I remember this guy from Magic. And he came in kind of late in the LG thing, Living Grow. And we played a, a number of times. And then that's when a, more of a friendship started to form. When, when you game together and you're like, look mm -hmm. out, guy. And, oh, man, you saved my hash. You know, thanks. You know what I mean? Forged in the fields of fire. Yeah, exactly. That band of brothers, you know, in imaginary land. So how I met So was I went into Dragon's Lair kind of on a whim. This is the story of kind of how I got back into D&D. &D, he said, get out. Where I had some co-workers that, there was an episode of Community where they played D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. So those guys are like, I want to try out D&D. &D. You know anybody that knows anything about that? And I was like, well, let me blow off these dusty tomes. And yeah, I used to play some back in the day. Mm -hmm. So I saw that group. It, they, they enjoyed it, but I could tell that this was going to be a passing fancy for them. Mm -hmm. whereas it had reignited my fire and I was like, dang, now I'm going to have to find a group again. Yeah. So I went in and uh, so is probably the most friendly, friendly local game store owner I've ever met. Yeah. So he's just really, you can't say enough good things about him in that way. I came in and I said, is anybody playing second edition? And this was in the fourth edition days. Yeah. And he was like, no, I think there's one group that may play, play first edition at home that he knew of. But that was it. Yeah. So then I was like, I'm going to create this group. Would you mind if I put out some cards and stuff like that? And he's like, nah, knock yourself out. And that's eventually how I met your mother. How I met your Matt. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, people that came and went, like Rob, now Claire, you know, whatnot. Great, great gamer, you know. But, I mean, we enjoyed gaming. Um you know, Wade, he and I are still Facebook friends. I like Who? Wade. Ha ha. You know, Wade. Yeah. Hey, if you're man. listening to this, how you doing, bud? Hey, bud. Drop a line. But anyway, so, I mean, it's just funny that I'd never known, you know, I was, I'd give Wade rides to the game. You know, he's a really nice guy. Um, and so we met some people that we're still in contact with. So maybe not so much, but anyway, yeah. Like uh, Brandon. What is his name? Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah he and I are still Facebook friends every so often. I'll drop him a message. We're super nice he's guy. He's the anesthesiologist now or whatever right anesthesiologist that's say easy that for me to times. say yeah but no super nice guy you know um but he moved off you know you know how that goes but anyway i hate to say one of my fond memories of dragon's lair will be when they were in bozier right next to chen's kitchen oh yeah because i can remember that how many meals did we have together at dragon's lair with uh, the food from chen's kitchen right next door or little seizures mm -hmm. that's what i laughed about i bet those guys cried when the game store closed because mm -hmm. those big healthy gamers you're either running to one side to get chinese food or running next door to little caesars we probably they their profits dropped i don't doubt it when the game store moved out because i mean I, I love that when we could just waddle over to one or the other you know and because i love those little um their crazy bread mm -hmm. with the, cheese, yeah. the jalapeno cheese on it oh yeah I feel my heart skipping a beat just thinking about it. But for those of you that are, I guess, keeping score at home, this was the first game club that I started. I started that one, and that's how we met. Yeah. And boy, that took off like a rock. Not a <laughs> rocket, a rock. <laughs> oh, my. But for a short period of time, I was like the mayor of gaming in Shreveport, Bossier, yeah, and I had the Rolodex. I remember Alvin even came out one time for one of your meet and greet gaming things or whatever. Yeah, yeah and it'd be like, uh, so-and-so can't play anymore. So-and-so dropped. Who are we going to plug in? Don't yeah. worry. I've been grooming someone. Yeah. That was pretty fun. And that was all out of Dragon's Lair. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so eventually it moved to Shreveport, you know. Well, one of the things about playing at Dragon's Lair was a lot of times we could uh, get So to play with us. Yeah, absolutely. Or even run stuff for us. Ooh la la. Yeah, he ran us on... Um... Oh, by Green Roan and the, uh, the Song of oh, Ice yeah. and Fire role-playing game. That was so good. I had fun with that. I really did. I liked it. That, when we have our episode about So, the So Memorial episode, we yeah. can talk about that and yeah. all the games have. 
yeah. half done. Yeah, because well, that's the same shame of it is we had a lot of. We fun were always with left it. wanting more. Yeah, you're always left wanting more because that was fun. In fact, if we had you, a great Star Wars game. Yeah, yeah. When you've asked me about, like, hey, where'd you get the thing where you tell the player, tell me how you killed the guy? I got that from so running a song of ice and fire when I went to kill a guy and he's like, tell me how you kill him, and I was like, oh. Hell yeah. The weird thing yeah. about that was when he dropped his pants. Exactly. Never broke eye contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway. But if it wasn't for Dragon's Lair, I've said this to So's face, we wouldn't have the nameless of Longview Game Club. Yeah. We wouldn't have the Long Con, which seems mm-hmm. to be pretty doing pretty good right now. Yeah. We definitely wouldn't have this dumb podcast. Absolutely. See, so you can blame So. It sounds like you need to find someone whip his ass. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, if you could get in a time machine... And take somebody out. Mm-hmm. If you hate us, that might be the way to go. That'd be the guy, yeah. If you're like, I kind of don't like Matt or Eddie, but God, we're together, it's the worst. It's like our chocolate and peanut butter, you can kind of blame so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we've always had a great time with him. Yeah. Great so time at great. Dragon's Lair. Yeah. Now, I, you know where I, first place I paid fifth edition at? Dragon's yeah. Lair. First game I ran in fifth edition, Dragon's Lair. But don't forget this. We were talking about fourth edition. Mm-hmm. Then we did Pathfinder Society for a little bit, which That's I know true. you love. You're trying to revive that all the time. He's You're being, like, let's get back into that Pathfinder. Extremely sarcastic. See, I, I have to bite my tongue because I don't want to alienate any of y'all, but I'm not <clears throat> terribly fond of third edition D&D, and Pathfinder is the bastard child of 3.5 D&D. So, again, I'm not crazy about it. I'll just That's all I want to say. I feel like that's one of the things that Change we can kick mind. the most and not aggravate or annoy people or get too much outrage yeah but i don't know there's times when i get kind of fed up with fifth edition and i go damn maybe i would want to play some pathfinder i don't know no you don't no, i don't believe that That's you've just... got savage worlds now i know and ooh la la savage worlds but i remember us doing the pathfinder society and that was another thing that we started up there and said hey do you mind if we start doing this and he's like nope but you know talking about being who we are should have known something was was up was at one point we said hey let's just do one whole day of gaming oh, so right, we, right. Did, we did that sunday it was a games day of three games of pathfinder and who opened up for us yeah so did yeah yeah opened up the shop for us on sunday just so yeah. our goofy butts could play and and here's us like providing people a chance to play three games in one day yep there was if we only known there was the groundwork for our gaming event orchestrating or whatever well i don't think you know because we weren't bound at the hip then. Oh, I know. This is before we'd gotten married. <laughs> Nasty honeymoon ever. Anyway. But, yeah. I had actually talked to So about doing a con up there. Really? In Dragon's Lair. You son of a... Yeah, and you would have got none of the credit. You'd be in the dark now. I'd get all the credit. Nothing. You'd be <laughs> Mr. I'd, Nobody. I'd let him know. I'd go, he got that idea. He stole it He stole that it from me. me. He stole it. Stole And as usual, So said, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. Yeah. You do what you want. But without your, your good right arm, you just couldn't couldn't follow through. Pretty much. Yeah. I can only imagine what would have happened if we'd done that, if we'd done a con like 10 years ago in Shreveport. And it had been this right while the biacle. <laughs> oh, yeah, because fourth edition, mm. nobody wanted that. It was right after everything burned down with uh, Living Greyhawk. Mm-hmm. So it would have been awesome timing. And I remember, that's the shame, is even with 4th edition went out and they started talking about D&D Next, which grew up to end up being 5th. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that were like, bro, I just bought all these damn books, you know, you're changing again. It's like, but a lot of people were like, no, we're ready for a change. Anything's, and you know, 4th is so maligned, I'm not going to defend it, but I don't think it's as bad as people make out. I don't know if it could be as bad as people make out. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to play it again, but really, right now if you put a gun in my head and said, alright, there's been five iterations of D&D, and even technically more than five, because there's basic and expert if you put a gun in my head and like, what do you want to play? I'd be like, I'll play first, second, or fifth. It's like, you know, I wouldn't want to play three or four again, either one. But well, anyway. for one of our world-famous tangents, mm-hmm. which... This is one. <laughs> Yeah, which edition, and this might be one that we go to a full episode for, or just talk about more. Which edition of D&D do you think gets the least amount of love right now? Oh, I'd say fourth. And I would say followed by second. Which is a shame because I'll tell you this, this is ironic. Driving around today, I was thinking about this of all things. I thought, you know, really, I like second edition towards the end. I know the option. Really? Well, and I'll say this why is because the option point system is probably kind of maligned 
and it did allow to a lot of power gaming and cheese baggery. But that's you. Exactly. And You're I, a power bag cheese gamer. But the thing about it, I love is you could make the exact precise character you wanted to play. And they even put some rules in the second version of the second edition Dungeon Master where you could craft your own, sit down with the GM and haggle it out and create your own class. If you're like, there's something I want to do that's really not represented by these other classes. Like I thought about redoing the marshal. We're like, I want to heal people, but I don't want to be a cleric. We'll make a marshal. And using the point system and these optional rules they put in the DMG, you could craft the specific character. You, so you read something in a fantasy book that's not a typical D&D class. You want to recreate that. Of all the, I mean, you could probably do a better job with something like Champions, but ugh, I don't want to go play Champions. It's too much crunch. Wow. Too we just crunch. lost another sponsor, folks. Yeah, sorry. Because I know Champions, yeah. Hero System. But um, but I'll just say with, with, with those rules in place, you could create, and that's where a good GM who's strong would go, no, 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 you're just trying to make some power game thing. No, but I like that with that, you could make the exact character you wanted to play. There's something to be said for that. Well, for me, I vote for the early second edition. Which is fun. Before power is an option and all that black cover heresy came out i hear you but you know i, I love first and second edition D. I could play those right now and have no problem yeah well first is first so it's going to get love yeah. and i think that's why second is a little bit neglected at the moment well first is where i started so i can't help but it's you don't forget your first time you know but everybody coming back that's playing fifth that's never played first they don't go, you know, I'd really like to check out second edition. Right, right. Everybody wants to go back and play first. Yeah, you look at Bradley. You want to see where it started. Yeah, he's heard us old dudes talking all starry-eyed, wistful about the good old days. And he's like, well, I want to check that out, you know. But my good old days are second edition. That's where you cut your teeth, yeah. So, But honestly, there's this much difference between first right. and second. It's not like from second to third, it's like, what the hell is this? What happened mm -hmm. to Thaco? And then even third to fourth is like, what the hell, you know, so... Um, fifth I like is and let's face it people like it because it the game makes more sense in a lot of ways and then also but it's a little bit of a throwback to the early edition that mm -hmm. there's some there's some some nudged role playing you know um, and it's funny that it's like I bought I've heard people on the internet going on about a game called Torchbearer ooh Torchbearer so I bought it and I was like you know what's great about this is it's got some good ideas in it but like a lot of these things in recent time were like the couple kooky gimmicks that like, ooh, 13th Age is really cool. You know, I could take that gimmick and put it over in D&D 5th Edition or DCC. It's a gimmick. It's not what the, it's not the whole game. Like Torchbearer, oh, I like these couple gimmicks here. How about I just pick those gimmicks up and drop them right into DCC or 5th Edition D&D? There you go. Because I love the gimmicks. Steal with both hands. A uh, buddy of our Cody was like, what do you think about 13? He said, it's got some cool ideas. Steal them and put them in fifth edition. <laughs> you know, I mean, which who knows to anybody there was like, oh, I love 13 age. I bet it's great. I haven't played it. I'm probably might, if I see it at a con, I might try it. But, you know, ultimately I've looked at a few of the things that they do and some of the stuff are just, let's be honest, they're gimmicks that you could, you could easily pick up and pull over in a different game. Mm -hmm. If you like those gimmicks, that speaks to me. All right, steal it. You know? Well, as we're talking about additions a little bit here, mm -hmm. I remember in fourth edition where they had those, uh, not Minions? expeditions, Bloody but it was one of those, no, ex remember like the expeditions and yeah, stuff like yeah. that? Well, they had the two different things game play. stores. One was like the, the, the ongoing campaign, but the one was like those little, like one kind of combat or two that you could play. I guarantee you'd be able to play it in an hour or two. So for people that didn't have much time or kind of short attention span or whatever, there were those, yeah. There but do you remember the ones that were supposed to be like super challenging? Yeah. We those were, were cool. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, Jen showed up for a couple of those and mm -hmm. played. It was me, you, Jen, somebody. That's else. where we really made some cracked out characters. Oh yeah, well because for that, you were supposed to. You reach out to me like, all right, apparently you need a badass character, and I know you know how to make a power monkey cheese bag character. I'm like, you bring the crackers, I'll bring the cheese. So yeah, I remember phone conversations where we're basically, you know. Going, you cover this and I'll cover that. Yeah, and so we would have synergy and I'd help him with his build to really crack it out. And we would just run roughshod over these things. I remember that artificer that uh, this was an oh, adventure on a ship or something like that. Yeah. So he had magic eye or something like that. So he could cast all of his magic missiles out of that. So he could be below decks and not have to worry about getting hit. And then he could do the most powerful magic missiles in the world. So that was a lot of fun. And I'll always appreciate those games that so ran for us there mm -hmm. 
I remember we had a good uh, Call of Cthulhu game going up there. There was a there was a time, folks, if you'll believe it, when Matt had stepped away from RPG games. Call of Cthulhu, what were you, Tiny Jenkins or something? <laughs> yeah, that was another great character, but a lot of these characters that you love so much are destined to have short lives mm. just because the Oh, the campaign died. So is a great game master, but he has very, very little stamina as a game master. Oh my. They might Viagra for game masters. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I don't care. I stand by that. You falling asleep over there? Nope. Nope. I'm good. Remember, there will be no uncomfortable silences in this podcast because Never. of Matt. Whatever. No, I, I mean, it's there's not, we would be here for five hours if I was to extol all the, the great games and great times that I had at the Dragon's Lair, Bossier, and Treeport locations. Uh, so I ran some of my very first, if not the very first DCC road crew games, I ran at Dragon's Lair in yeah, Treeport. That was yeah. really nice. We used to have two, two friendly local game stores that we could go to. And we had Geek World. Mm-hmm. And that's where we've just run a ton, 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 ton of games oh, yeah. and road crew stuff. Oh, yeah. That's what we call ourselves the Arklatex Road Clue Road Crew is because we cover Texas and Louisiana. And we tend to hopefully run some Arklatex, I mean, Ar- Arkansas, Texas, Texarkana games. So we could truly be the Arklatex Road Crew. So we'll start wrapping this up i'm sure people out there are clamoring for it but we wanted to give you a little bit longer episode this time and we had a lot to say to catch up for that last shorter episode we miss you we miss your friends that's right so 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 thank you for everything that you've done for us yeah buddy you were a major player in the gaming community absolutely as a gm and as a player i've had a great time every time we've got together right on um and the most recent game that we played over there with Mr. Brendan LaSalle running for us. Oh, that was awesome. And so was playing, and so was kind enough to open up the store for us early on again. On a Monday. So, I mean, you really can't beat it. No, he's a good guy. We're going to break into tears right here at the end. But got to stop. Get choked up. Here's what I'm going to say. Support your local friendly gaming, friendly local gaming shop. If friendly. you want it to be there for you, you got to be there for it. Yeah, it's you, when the, when it's closed up and you go crap. Well, where are we going to do X, Y, Z? Well, hey, isn't that where we met Fred? You know, I mean, think how many people we met through game stores. Yeah, everybody. If it, if it wasn't a, for game stores as that common place to meet and get to know each other, missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But your game store supports you. You support, support them. If they don't support you, well, screw them. I might get a little cheaper off the internet. Well, spend a few dollars more and support the game store. Amazon doesn't care where you play. Yeah. Amazon doesn't care if you have a place to meet people. Yeah. So there's exactly. nothing wrong with shopping on Amazon. Everybody does it. But think about your friendly local game shop. Yeah. When you walk, if you walk through that door, find something. Buy some dice. Buy a miniature. Find something in the discount box. But buy something. You know, throw them a little money. Show them a little love. Yeah. So that's your homework for today. Go to your friendly local game shop, Geek World, and pick something up. Yeah. Something expensive. Something really nice. Exactly. And definitely give Mark a big hug. And maybe get something for us. Yeah, definitely. We don't we don't mind gifts from admirers. Absolutely. That's the one thing I'd say. We probably don't get enough gifts mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yeah. Eddie likes thongs. The last thing that I'll say on this subject is screw Games Workshop. Yeah. May you burn in the fire of a thousand suns. Exactly. Burn hell, you bastards. Because I think that was the final nail in the coffin. Absolutely. Games Workshop saw how well Dragon's Lair sold Warcraft. Yeah, Warhammer products. Just down the street from him. So they said, we're doing such great sales there, we should open our own store. What better way to show somebody a big hearty thank you for selling your product for you is to undermine them and run them out of business. Yeah, it'd be like if a Magic the Gathering shop opened in downtown Longview or something because they yeah. thought somebody was making great sales. Yeah. Wow, we're selling a lot of Magic. How we put our own shop and cut those guys out? Hey, thanks for promoting our product and building up a fan base here. That's really, really hitty. Yeah, usually I'm the guy having to walk back Matt's comments, but... Yeah. I'm full throttle with this one. I yeah. am done with Games Workshop. I will not buy another Games Workshop product. Feel free to do the same. Yeah, he sent back a couple of their video games. 
Yeah. It's really, it's very far removed than whatever profits or proceeds they would see, but just a man with principle. And I appreciate exactly. a man with principle. Stand by your damn principles. Vote with your feet and your dollars. Exactly. So hopefully that's one of those things that I'll show my morals here and screw them and screw everything about them. Right on. Absolutely. And on that happy note, uh, one thing that we've been working on again is the long con dice. So mm. we get to talk about that. We may put up some patterns for you to look at yeah, and see what you like. Oh, and, if, and as always, I meant to already mention this. We would love to hear from you either uh, via our Facebook page. We have long con or whatever, or two it's um, no class RPG podcast at gmail.com dot org dot mil. Exactly. But if you, if we would love to, any suggestions, any topics, any comments, any complaints. Um, Tell us what you thought about Dragon's Lair. Yeah. Did you play games at Dragon's Lair? Yeah, share your stories. I'd love to hear them. I love to hear stuff like Do that. you support your friendly local game shop? Yeah, tell us. If so, you know. how, and if not, why not? Yeah. What's some other things we can do to support local, local game play, local game stores? You know, things about Long Con that you liked, you didn't like. Reach out. Talk to us. Give us some topics, some ideas. You might just get mentioned on air or not. All right. With that, we're all out of hit points. See you next time, folks. See ya.